Hey, this is Erlen Jelvik from Jelvik, and this is Interview Under Fire. All right, welcome back, everyone. Sunny here once again with another exciting episode of Interview Under Fire. Erland Jelvik, thank you so much for hey. joining our podcast today on IUF. A big time of the year for you and the guys over at Yelvik with the release of your debut studio album, or I, could, I should even say solo album, Welcome to Hell, which comes out November 20th on Nuclear Blast Records. You know, first off, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, including signing with such a prominent label like Nuclear Blast Records. Yeah. Before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question. It's all a very right. simple question asked for the last six months how are you <laughs> how have things been for you and the boys over at Yelvik? you know for the last six months our lives are pretty much haven't changed but how's life in norway right now uh it's pretty quiet uh, i think for most people in norway you know most people yeah things are starting to feel a little more normal here than they used to like when the whole thing broke out but uh no, it's just quiet, and I'm happy I live in the countryside, so let's just put it that way. I'm happy we're able to work from home. <laughs> yeah, that's easier said than done, and I know staying busy doing this, I don't want to call it unprecedented, unpredicted, whatever you want to call it. It's challenging, you know, and you're, it's a good thing that you're doing, you know, sticking to the schedule like we talked about before the interview started about releasing an album. Now, yeah. you know, being away from the stage a lot as of late, I don't know how it's been for you, but how are you keeping up your vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine-wise at all as of late? No, I haven't uh, been working on the vocals. Like, <laughs> But I've had long breaks before, and I feel like it just gets better when I get back into it. So, But I don't know. I'll probably... I'm going to start building a practice uh, space here in my house uh, soon. And, you know, once uh, we're able to tour again, hopefully spring next year, we can do like a Norway tour. I'll have the guys come over and we'll spend a lot of time practicing here. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Since we are at a time of a pandemic, and I know situations are different in different parts of the world. You're in Norway. I'm in the U.S. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, we're in the same state, but it like as far as like mentality, but you guys are handling it way different than we are. I wish we handled it the way you guys did, but <laughs> has this pandemic opened up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself? Uh, I wouldn't say so, cause uh, you know, I had the whole album written and recorded, like the whole thing was finished uh, last year, uh, like October last year. Oh, before even anything about a virus was even in concern, right? Yeah, yeah. So I finished, I guess the mix was finished like right before New Year uh, last year. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but definitely it made things take longer in terms of signing uh, with a nuclear blast and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it also put, delayed the album. So that's how it's been affected. And, yeah, I think the album would have been out a lot sooner if this uh, didn't happen. Maybe a few months, but whatever. It's uh, it's been good for us because it, yeah. If you have to look at the good in the situation, which <laughs> I try to do, uh, it's allowed us uh, just more time to you know do a really good job on putting the release out. And also here in Norway, we're putting out the music on our own record label, so that requires some extra attention and effort. So I've been happy to get more time, so to speak. 
You know, and I know one of the things is that you can't wait to present this to the fans in person. I want to talk about the touring life for you personally, because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career and you've yeah. played with, you know, Metallica, Slayer, Ghost. I mean, the list goes on for you. So I wanted to ask, you know, Erlen, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking culture, the fans, even the food, you know, so many mm -hmm. things to pick apart about what makes touring amazing. What was your favorite part about it? Uh, my favorite part was definitely playing the shows, and I also really liked going to new places, and, you know, meeting people and uh, seeing the sights and that kind of stuff, so that was the favorite part for me. I guess I wish I was less on autopilot before, which I kind of felt like I was, because <laughs> I was partying really hard <laughs> for many nothing, years. Nothing but... wrong with that, honestly. <laughs> no, no, but I just wish I kind of was more present for a lot of it, so... Yeah, so I, I think I'm gonna have a more appreciation for it once, yeah, when I get the chance to go back out again. So, I look forward and, to that. Yeah, I look forward to that too. I used to go to, you know, my schedule was I don't know how it was for you. I used to, I was at a show almost every other day before yeah. all this started, and I haven't seen a movie in theaters in six months. I haven't gone to a show in six months. I don't know what to so fast. I'm here talking about this with you. It 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 at the same time makes me, you know, grow the appreciation even more for what I had in the past. So Yeah. And a very popular topic, and you've seen this for the last six months, like we've been talking about, is live streaming. A lot of the artists have been taking what they've been doing on stage into, you know, for example, what we're doing right now. Like we had, you know, Code Orange did the I think they were the one of the first bands to do it. We had Nilo from Insomnium on this show. He was talking about his experience about how they sold virtual tickets to the fans and then they recorded a pre uh, a preset and then uh, streamed it for the fans. And I attended Metallica, the the live streaming they did, you know, uh, last month. That was my first time ever seeing Metallica. Who would have thought oh, yeah. it came during a <laughs> pandemic, right? You can't make that up. But I wanted to ask yeah. you, you know, being on the road as long as you have, being involved with so much music as you have, creating the music that you have, do you think, Erlen, that the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over i think it's gonna be there in like the way that it's like a cool way for bands to do something once in a while uh, you know you can make some extra money and you can make something that can double up as like a live dvd or blu-ray i guess Right these days, <laughs> or whatever. So I think it's gonna be there in that capacity. But I think right now there's getting to be a little too much of it, almost. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's good you're able to do that kind of stuff. I don't see myself doing it anytime soon because uh, you know we haven't even had a chance to tour yet. And right, yeah. So you can't really just practice in a practice space and then go and do that kind of thing because it's not going to be as good as if you had like a tour under your belt because you know you can't really practice playing uh live shows in the practice space if that makes sense so and and that's okay i like asking this question because so many different talented artists like yourself they have different perspectives some artists could say oh i'm not doing shit after until all this is over you know or artists yeah. will say yeah i would love to do live streaming because it's a way to keep me engaged with the fans let's say yeah. you did a show you know let's say yell they did a show i mean someone in i don't know 
Bangladesh. I'm from Bangladesh. So like someone oh. from there won't have access to a show like that, you know, or in Australia. And yeah. you could, you know, hypothetically sell virtual tickets that way. I'm, I mean, it's it's different. You know, Behemoth did, did their thing and Imperial Triumphant mm-hmm. did their thing a few a uh, few weeks back. And that was great. But I don't know how long it can be a constant thing when that's the only thing you have. But uh, again, that ties into making the best of the situation. And and that's okay. You had a great answer for what you wanted to do. So I think just go with the flow. That's the yeah. easiest way to put it. No, but I definitely want to do it at some point. But then I want to do it like in like a cool way where it's like interesting to look at. Like I guess sort of like <laughs> the behemoth kind of thing, where you like make it really over the top, and it's more like you're just producing this crazy concert movie like you had before. I guess. Speaking so, of producing, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah, know you, you said it well, you know, speaking of producing, we'll talk about the debut album right now, I promise. I know we covered <laughs> so many things, but uh, man, Welcome to Hell comes out November 20th on Nuclear Blast Records. So when I heard it, <laughs> when I heard Nortzar, when it, when the, the music video that you had that came out, yeah. um, hopefully, I'm. did I pronounce that right? Is it Nortzar? Yeah, yeah, great, okay. great pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. So Black and Viking Heavy Metal. And I heard, aside from that, I heard Black Metal, I heard Hard Rock, I heard Punk. And I wanted to ask, you know, how much did things change from when you first started uh, composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with Welcome to Hell? Yeah, uh, it didn't really change much. Like, I had all the songs uh, finished before we went into the studio. Like, uh, we fleshed out the demos. and So it didn't change much. Uh, we practiced for like two days before uh recording in the studio just to get the right tempos like okay this song's a little bit slow on the demo let's do it a little bit faster that sort of thing so there's not really much that came up in the studio i guess maybe i had like some vocal ideas and stuff like that uh viking choir at north Sark. like that's something i thought of after the demo was recorded and did it in yeah. the studio so yeah, did that answer gonna, your question? I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. That that that's an answer. I that that yeah. that is an answer. So I'm gonna throw two names at you: Justin Phelps and Alan Duchess. Did I say that right? His last name? Yeah, D- Duchess. Yeah, but Duchess. So I want to ask you know it was recorded and mixed by Justin Phelps and Justin. He's known for his work with Joe Satriani, Poison Idea, Slufeg, and award-winning engineer. You know, Alan. You know, mm-hmm. a, a Grammy award-winning. You know, he's known for his work with Mastodon, Converge, Baroness. Man, Erlen, what was it like to work with those guys? Was there a sense of comfortability in the studio knowing their background? Like, okay, telling them what you want. Okay, this is what I want. This is what I want it to sound like. Let's do this. Yeah, uh, Justin was really great to work with because, like, uh, what he first did, he would just ask me, like, okay, what kind of music do you like? And then I just kind of sent him a playlist with the bands I like and, you know, kind of like the type of sound that uh, I'm going for. So it's like a lot of like 80s metal bands and, you know, black metal bands and that sort of stuff. So I sent them a, like a playlist like that. Was that challenging to like come up with the songs? <laughs> no, it wasn't challenging, actually. Okay, okay. I just uh, sent them the stuff I liked and kind of, you know, foresee the type of sound I would like to go for in a way. So then he was great with like getting uh, cool equipment, like good amps. Uh, like there was like some custom made LEN Lanham amps, which okay. uh, bands like Eagles of Death Metal use and stuff like that. But they had like a cool uh, 
like merciful fate type of sound uh, guitar sound like 80s sound so that was cool um yeah it's just really great to work with because he never said no and he was like always really positive and yeah like he never shot any ideas down or anything like that so he's like always happy to indulge me so as long <laughs> I as i really appreciate that yeah as soon as you said merciful fate i'm going back to that single north star i'm like okay i see the tie-in right now and that, that actually helped <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I think that's has a really great guitar sound. So that was like one of the models, I guess, for the guitar sounds. And then you also had Matt Pike and Mike Scalzi, you know, chip in, you know, with with the Welcome to Hell. What was that experience like? You know, bringing in outside professionals in their respective fields into yeah. your world of making music. Did it make the process easier, knowing that they were present? Yeah, uh, like once we. Once I knew that we were going to record in uh, Portland and had the studio booked and it just felt natural for me to reach out to Matt because I knew that he lived there and uh, we're friends from before because we toured together with my old band and High on Fire. Yeah. So yeah, luckily he said yes right away and he came to the studio one day and just uh, yeah, did the vocals and belted out like 50 in the improvised solos. Uh, all of them good. Yeah, they were. <laughs> different it was just kind of mesmerizing to me because i can't work like that myself where you just improvise stuff so it was really awesome just seeing him coming up with stuff on the spot yeah so yeah so i'm really happy with the solo he did on uh, gloria felder and uh mike scoltzy he came on board through uh, justin phelps because you know justin uh, used to play bass in slough and they kind right. of started the band together yeah so uh, it was his idea that we should talk to uh, Mike, and I'm a big fan of uh, Slowfeg too, so I thought that was really cool. So he came to the studio for like two days and just did the vocals and worked on uh, the guitar solos, and he had a pretty different approach where he would just uh, layer stuff on top of each other, like 20 different layers or something. So the solo sound. It's a really cool uh, sound because it all went really well together. So yeah, so really happy with the how everything turned out with the guest vocals there. Man, listen to all the people that we just mentioned, and this is your the first solo album with Yelvik, and you're coming <laughs> in with a bang. I want to mention one more name, Joe Patano, and he actually designed the artwork and the actual uh, Yelvik uh, emblem, right? Like the band's logo, yeah. is that correct? So he's known for his work. For my listeners who don't know with Motorhead, Led Zeppelin, Nazareth. How did you know Joe was the right person for the visual representation of the art that you wanted to convey with Yelvik? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, just my inspiration is a lot of, uh, it's kind of stuck in the 80s, the stuff that I like. And I think like the 80s had the coolest album covers. So so he was just the, one of the first guys I thought of and he was like on the top of my list. It was kind of like, ah, he's probably like, okay, we can try asking him. I don't even know if he's going to open this email sort of thing. Because <laughs> uh, you just picture this old surly guy or something. But he, he's like 70 years old and uh, he's American, but he lives in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so my manager sent him an email and, you know, explained the band and stuff. And luckily he knew who I was from before and had seen me live one time and yeah, was happy to hear that it was about Norse mythology, like the lyrics and stuff, because that's something he's really into. So, yeah, so then we sent him lyrics and uh, 
demos and then uh, he worked from there and just one day he told me like he had a dream where the whole concept or cover art came to him and then they sent the sketch and it just looked uh, awesome so it could not turned out better it was like exactly it was better than what i could have asked for so Man, agreed. And I feel like if now you're talking about, it, I feel like that album, if you just tie it into like the 80s album covers with like Judas Priest or Maiden, whatever it is you want to point it out with, or even just like some of the black metal bands out there, you know, I think it'll fit right in. <laughs> I think that was yeah. so well executed. And uh, I want to tie this into the theme because Welcome to Hell, if I'm correct, is based on the Norse mythology and history, it includes all the trappings of the lucrative Viking pillage. I mean, and you can tie this into the single North Star as well. To what level, Erlen, do you like to have a theme for your records? And how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it, which is fine. But I felt like you had a specific dilemma you wanted to achieve with that. I think it's just the, my favorite bands. They are pretty like uh, consistent in themes. Like I don't like when it's sprawling too much, but like... I don't know, like you can talk about Danzig, for example, like he has like a pretty consistent look and imagery and, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the lyrics are usually, yeah, you know, kind of like mystical and creepy or whatever most of the time. So I think that's kind of cool to have like a whole package and consistency like that. Even like a band like Ghost is like a really good example of that or Merciful Faith and yeah. I don't know if there's, I think those are like the best bands. So I think it's, uh, I just wanted to try to do something similar, I guess, where it's just like the cover art, the music and the lyrics and, you know, what the guys look like on stage, everything should go together, I think. So it just makes I'll like a stronger impact then. So I want to talk about the single. The I watched the music video over and over for Nordsar. You know, how was that experience? Because you also had... Uh, I think it's Group of 13 help you out, execute the entire, you know, the vision of the video that you wanted. What was that experience like? How was, how long was that recording process, the production process for Nordsar? Yeah, that was, uh, shot everything in one day. Uh, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. No, they make pretty crazy videos. So that's, uh, I've seen the videos they made for like Behemoth and bands like that. So, so. They were on the top of my list when I came to find people to make a music video. So once things finally opened with the Corona restrictions uh, lifting and I was able to fly out from Norway to Poland, we just took the first flight. Uh, there was actually yeah. like a news team at the airport in Poland because it was the first international flight to come there. Oh, wow. After the whole crisis. <laughs> okay. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but we shot the whole thing in one day and... Uh, yeah, it was just really like intense and efficient and they were really great guys, really professional. So, yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Like Man, they the... brought in wolves and yeah, Raven and there was going to be a snake too, but it was too cold for a snake, unfortunately. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been the most metal thing, just like have, have all these animals in there. <laughs> Man, another thing you guys nailed was the most striking image on that music video and I'm not hopefully I'm not spoiling it for the for the listeners who hadn't seen it. The blood eagle at the end. Like and you're talking about tying into the theme of the Norse mythology and Viking pillage. Like that was so executed and it's uh to perfection, at least to, from my perspective. And when it comes to something like a blood eagle, that's you're talking about 
yeah, this is actually how life was like back in the Norse, Norse mythology and, you know, what was done. But, um, I mean, I can tell you're extremely happy with the final product when it came to the music video, right? Yeah, I'm really happy with that Blood Eagle scene, too. Like, it's <laughs> one of the things that fascinates me the most when I read about it and Snorra, which is like a book of old Norwegian kings. It didn't, yeah. doesn't happen much in there, like maybe just twice, uh, one or two times in the book that's like spanning over several hundred uh, years. But yeah, it's just like it's the description of it just sounds really gruesome and I really wanted that in there. So I'm glad you did. I don't know why I, I, I'm so attracted to something like that because it's so interesting the way and and so many different forms of torture. I mean, that's a whole different segment, but I mean that's that also I think it's how do I how do I describe it? It's a you know, we we can talk about the theme if you want to talk about a theme, but it's it talks about how impactful your idea is on what you want to convey to your audience. So again, uh for my listeners, please watch the music video. Do you have another music video coming up? I don't know how much you can uncover about how much you can talk about it, but I feel yeah, like there's something else coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll just have to wait and see. I got uh yeah, we've got more stuff uh up our sleeves. So <laughs> do you see Welcome to Hell being a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? I think so, uh, because the lyrics I wrote, uh, yeah, it kind of deals with some emotions that I had leaving my old band because, you know, it was difficult because uh, I identify so much with being the singer of Quiller Talk, and I did that for 12 years, and I put, you know, like a lot of my life into it, so it was weird to suddenly not have that anymore. So yeah. I think, you know, that's where the lyrics about you know, going to Helheim and <laughs> dying and that kind of stuff comes from. And then also Ragnarok, which is coming back from there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So I just worked out a lot of emotions by, you know, writing lyrics, which is about Norse mythology still, but it's just adds another dimension to it when I can tie in some personal experience uh, in there. So, you know, between everything we just mentioned and signing with someone like Nuclear Blast, and we've interviewed so many Nuclear Blast artists, and it's just it's just that much more impactful to have you on this as well. To the writing and structuring the songs, the production process we talked about, what was the most rewarding part for you of this entire experience? Well, it's starting to feel pretty rewarding uh, now. <laughs> no, it's, That's good. no, but seriously, it's uh, this is like the most fun part of an album release is doing interviews and people start letting you know what they think about the music and it's really nice when it matches up with what you think yourself about the music so that's been great so that's feeling pretty rewarding to me so have your aspirations as a person have they changed or evolved since when you first started in the in the industry do you see things differently now yeah definitely uh like i kind of told you this earlier but like that's my regret from all my time in uh, my old band is that I wish I wasn't kind of like on autopilot all the time in a way. Yeah. Like I've kind of felt like I was asleep at the wheel a lot uh, just because I really did like a lot of heavy partying and stuff. It's just kind of hard to know how to, you know, suddenly become like a really popular band overnight, like going from a normal day job to suddenly being on tour all the time. Like I didn't know how to process that totally and just ending 
up having a little too much fun. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I think we're all at that at a certain time in our lives. So. so, yeah, I just it just feels really good to feel like I get a new start and just kind of can do things uh, properly. So. So I wanted to ask, you know, we covered so many things from top to bottom. If you weren't a musician, what would you be doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I always fantasize about this. It's not because of Dark Throne and Fenris, but it always sounds nice to me to be like a mailman or like a delivery person. Because, you know, you drive around and you can listen to music. But this is because I live here in Norway where it, you know, you can actually drive for like 10 minutes before you have to drop off another package, you know? That's time <laughs> for a few for songs already, or just or just one Dark Throne <laughs> song in there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, so, yeah, that sounds appealing to me, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's great. It's a great question. It's a great question that I like to ask because it, it, it opens up a whole different perspective for the artist. Like, I have artists who say that, man, I don't think I would do anything outside of music. I can't even think on that level, you know? And, you know, yeah. ten, 10 years ago, I was doing engineering. I don't know I was going to be doing this. And this is what I love to do. It's a passion of mine. So I think yeah, it's amazing. Awesome. how. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, that's an amazing tie into what you want to do. But <laughs> the mailman thing, I'm not thinking about it. That's that's not bad at all. Like getting to actually just listen to music all day and just drive around. I mean, hell yeah, yeah. it's just <laughs> connecting up to doing what you love. And I also love driving around and listening to music. So that's like. Number two, <laughs> automatically. Yeah. yeah, man, uh, Erlen, this has been one of the best interviews I've ever had. So this is a thank you Thanks. for everything. You know, I wanted to ask, you know, before we finish things off here, do you have any, you know, shout outs, any plugs, anything you want to mention, anything you can mention about Yelvik, about coming, you yeah. know, going forward in the future before we finish things off here? Um, yeah, it would be great if people buy merch and, you know, check out the music. Like, if you go to my website, uh, yelvikmetal.com, yeah, probably have to spell it out, H-J-E-L-V-I-K, metal.com. Think Vikings. There's, uh, links there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so that would be great if people want to support the band that way. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got lots of good stuff in store. So. And, and for my listeners, I mean, that can be stressed anymore. You know, buy the merch because the bands can't do it without your help, you know. I mean, listening to Spotify is great. I mean, that's always there. But I mean, I have a stack of albums just in the corner of my room where I'm still buying records. And I think it's yeah. just as important. We talked about, you know, we talked about the album art, you know, buy the album art, you know, because I think so, because someone actually put hard work and dedication behind the art. And I think that ties in well with the music. So, again, this goes into, yeah. you know, you know, you know, Erlen just said, go to the site, buy the merch, listen, listen to the songs and He'll be on the road as soon as you know. And Welcome to Hell comes out November 20th on Nuclear Blast Records. Erland Yelvik, thank you so much. You stay safe out there. I'm sure you'll be fine, of course. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know how things are yeah. going to be here. But we'll do this again in the future, hopefully in person. All right, man? Hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope to see you soon. What's, yeah. Hopefully sooner and later. Awesome, man. Fingers thank crossed. you so much. <laughs> All right. Shit. Take care.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.